Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we turn to a message taught by Pastor Harris on March 8, 2020, in regard to 1 Corinthians and that portion of chapter 11 where Paul instructs the believers in Corinth of proper behavior concerning the Lord's Supper. At Heritage Bible Church, we teach that the Lord Jesus instituted baptism and the Lord's Supper to be observed by all believers until his return for his bride, the church. Please listen to today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Lord's Supper. Now in this case, the most significant connection is to a very key Old Testament passage. Let me ask you, how many days are there in the longest months of the year? 31, right? All right, can you remember the number 31? Can you double up? Can you remember it twice? 3131. When you need to find where the new covenant is, go to Jeremiah 3131. Jeremiah 3131 through 34. If I say 31 more time, my tongue's going to fall out between my front teeth. All right. Here's the, here's the connection. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. This is the promise given to the people through Jeremiah. Behold, Days are coming, declares the Lord. Now, Israel was not in great spiritual condition when Jeremiah was ministering. But days are coming. They're going to be better. Days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke. Although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it. Where had the law been given the first time? Tablets of stone, external. I'm going to write it on their hearts. This is going to be something more spiritually profound, if you want to put it in in those terms. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Oh, they've said that, but they're so far astray. I'm going to fix that, says the Lord. He says, they will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Now, do you remember when that glorious time was that Jeremiah 31, 34 was fulfilled? When everyone in Israel knew the Lord? Oh, that hasn't happened yet, has it? The new covenant is not 
completely fulfilled yet. That will happen before the second coming of Christ. We can study that another time, but look what Jesus did here. When Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood, he didn't explain what new covenant, because that was fully revealed, fully explained in Jeremiah. It was the new covenant. There's no doubt what he meant his disciples that night and what he meant for us to think of. He meant my death symbolized by this cup, which represents my blood shed, which represents my death. My death institutes the new covenant. Now, the new covenant will not be in full effect until Israel believes just prior to the second coming. But here's the deal. The spiritual benefits of forgiveness of sins, spiritual union of abiding in Christ and He abiding in us, those are fully ours in Christ. Even though we're not Israel, even though this isn't the tribulation, the end of the tribulation time when Israel will all believe, but now in Christ, we are enveloped in the spiritual blessings of the new covenant. And that's what Paul wanted them to, to understand. The gospel of the The death and resurrection of Jesus is inextricably connected to the new covenant promised by Jeremiah. And Paul had explained, uh, not by the time he wrote 1 Corinthians, but by the time he wrote 2 Corinthians, he explains his ministry was the new covenant ministry. That is our ministry. We're not taking people back to the law. We're bringing them new life In Christ, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6, Paul says, Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, written on tablets, but of the Spirit, a spiritual work. For the letter kills but the Spirit gives life. And to put that into a bigger, uh, broader context, through the law we have the knowledge of sin, Paul wrote, and in Christ we have forgiveness of sin. That's how we Gentiles are united by faith with Christ and with all Jews who believe in Christ such that we are all He says in Romans 4.11 and 4.16, we are all in Christ the the children of Abraham in that uh, we are of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all, including all Jews and Gentiles in Christ, all accomplished by the work of Christ. The salient features of the new covenant are, well, it's new. The old is done away with. All who believed under the old covenant are now connected with the new one. They got an upgrade. It's also not like the old covenant, meaning that there is something fundamentally different about it, internal instead of external. The new covenant includes direct personal relationship between God and man. And it includes forgiveness of sin Once for all, the blood of Christ unites every believer of every ethnicity of all ages 
and all nations. That is the only basis upon which anyone ever stands in the presence of God. It's because of what Christ did. So the cup of the Lord's Supper is quite the symbol. It commemorates the death of Christ, just as the bread is a symbol of His physical life of perfect righteousness, which is um, imputed to us. So His death, likewise, was on our behalf. There are a whole bunch of statements that say the same thing from different perspectives. And when, when we come around this table in a few minutes, we will be, in essence, proclaiming all of these things. Christ offered Himself. He sacrificed Himself. He gave Himself to redeem us. He became a curse for us. He made one offering once for all. We have redemption through His blood. Gentiles are brought near by the blood of Christ. Entrance to the holy place is by His blood. We share in Christ's blood when we come around this table. We are cleansed from sin by His blood. We are released from the bondage of sin by His blood. We have propitiation by His blood. We are purchased by His blood. We have sanctification by His blood. Christ died for our sins, and then Christ died for us. We're saying all of that when we come to this table. We are proclaiming our union with Him. So when we come to this table, He says, this is my body. He says, this is the new covenant. Now let's finish this. This is what to do. The bread and the cup of the Lord's Supper are symbols that commemorate the most important event in the history of mankind. There's a new book uh, coming out. I wish I'd thought of the clever title. Um, somebody, I don't remember who it is, but I know it's a good book. The Man Who Split Time. Ooh, that's cool. Time is divided by before Christ and in the year of our Lord. We're commemorating the most important event in the history of mankind. These things are meant to symbolize that you have, when you come to this table, you're saying, I have appropriated Jesus Christ once for all, As my Lord and Savior, I stand with Him. I stand with His people. We are united in Christ. He abides in us. We abide in Him. We belong to each other. We're saying all of that in this symbolic meal. So to partake of the symbolic meal without actually being united to Christ by faith, that's to mock God. To be an adopted child of God by faith and to come to this table with unconfessed sin in your heart, that would be the height of hypocrisy. That's what Paul had in mind when he said, you come together not for the better, but for the worse. So Listen to his instructions. And again, we could make a whole sermon easily out of the rest of the chapter here, but as I urged you, listen fast, all right? Starting at verse 27 through verse 32. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner 
shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.